Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. And welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. And do you see that new picture behind me, Max? See how it's nice and clear like yours? Yes. Yes. It's not foggy? <laughs> yes. So uh, my friend and uh, one of the tech guys uh, came in and said, I'm changing out your picture. That is not a clear picture of Denver. That works. All right. Absolutely so works. I'm clear. Well, without further ado, we do have a guest for tonight's episode. And I want to bring him on, Mr. Coy Griffin, a county commissioner from Otero County <clears throat> in New Mexico. Coy, this is welcome explosive. to the show. This is explosive. Thank, thank, thank you for having me, Max. I appreciate it, Joe. Man, a, anytime I have contact with you, it's it's good. It's you're, you're a great guy. I have much respect. Hey, did you hear what I did at the Clay Clark deal when I handed people their, their balls? No, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to send it to you because I, um, I, I've been getting calls all day about the fact that I've given the men back their balls. Right on. Literally. That's I what bought, we got to have up in this world, man. Yeah. That, 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 unfortunately, that's what's taken us to the place where we're at is because we've been a country of compromise and we've, been, we've gotten there because – the men haven't stood up into the rightful place of leadership and shown leadership in their homes and, and in our country. So, they yeah, but I, I see a resurgence, man. A resurgence, man. I, I, I see it moving. It's like the Mufasa, right, holding, holding Simba up. We're holding up American men and saying, here, see, right. you are actually a man, biologically and otherwise. Exactly. Okay, I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm going to exactly. offend some of the transvestites that are listening, or transgenders. I guess you can't say transvestites anymore, can you? Ah, dude, I suck. <laughs> well, Coy, if you start going start... down the road of no offense, if you start going down a road of no offense, you're going to go down a road that just leads to such chaos and confusion. You're not. You're going to wind up calling yourself a liberal. You know, I mean. <laughs> you know what the chances are of me calling myself a liberal? I'm sorry, Max. I keep disrupting you. <laughs> no, 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 Max, no, take right. it away because I'm sitting here. We're just no. <laughs> having the conversation. I want, we want, you got to, I want to give everyone a chance. Everyone who doesn't know who you are, Coy, I just want to give you a chance just to introduce yourself uh, I don't, so I don't have to read the bio. Um, so why don't you take a minute absolutely. and then we, can, then we can shoot the shit. <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. Mr. Producer, you're going to have to click that. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, in a, in a quick nutshell um, – you know, I, I grew up here in New Mexico, born and raised, three generations deep, um, raised in the logging and sawmilling business until uh, the policy of the, the Mexican spotted owl came on top of us and the environmental policy in NEPA completely shut us down out of the timber industry in New Mexico, which um, which has led us into trying to make a living in other areas. And if it was only about money, we could probably survive. But the unfortunate thing about shutting our our logging and sawmilling down is that now our forests are burning to the ground. So um, that led me into the world of politics. Um, I ran for county commissioner here in New Mexico um, after uh, serving for about five years as a lead pastor in a church. So I served in ministry. I served in a uh, um, small business. I, I opened some restaurants. I had, was in the food business. Then I ran for office, won the office of county commissioner. Um, led me into Cowboys for Trump, uh, just a support group for the president and his policies um, on the border. And, um, and it has me where I am today, which um, is, uh, is in the middle of a political war like our nation has probably never seen. And, um, and, and I've, I've, I've been in the battle. Um, I've suffered, suffered consequences of it. I spent um, three weeks in the D.C. Department of Corrections after January 6th. Um, after I was charged on a misdemeanor trespass charge, I never entered into the Capitol building. I never um, fought with anybody. I never did anything violent on that day, but I was charged on a trespass misdemeanor charge. And, uh, 
and I spent three weeks, as I said, in solitary confinement, and now I'm still um, in the legal process where I have a bench trial set for March 21st of of, uh, of this next year. So um, it's a war. So so let's take it back a little further because you missed an entire part of your life that I think is important. And um, you rode a horse across the country, <laughs> and then you rode a horse That's across right. Europe into Israel. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I, I just, a, a, yeah, just a couple things about more about my life. I guess I spent six years living in Paris, France. Um, I worked in the remake of the Buffalo Bills Wild West show. Um, uh, great experience. Firsthand look at socialism and, um, and those governments. But anyways, the, the gods really started thumping on my head, called me into ministry. Um, I felt the Lord call me to ride from Golden Gate to Golden Gate, as you mentioned, from the Golden Gate of San Francisco to the Golden Gate of Jerusalem, Israel. Um, I was obedient to the call. Um, I started not really understanding or knowing how God was going to work. But um, I rode across the United States in 2006, um, beginning in San Francisco, stopping in, in New York City at Times Square on se- or on uh, the Trade Center grounds on September 11th. Um, I did that in 06 and in 2007 and in 2008. Um, I began again um, in, in, in Europe. Um, the Lord opened the door and, and I began in Ireland. I rode across um, <clears throat> Ireland, England, France, Germany, Austria, Slovenia, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria, um, to the tip of Greece where we left the rig and the horse, flew to Israel, leased another horse in Israel. And uh, as you said, rode horseback through the old city, right up to the Golden Gate of the old city of Jerusalem. And uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, It's a wonderful memory. And I think that um, I was able to share uh, my personal testimony as well as just share the the gospel with with thousands and thousands of people. So it was, yeah, it was cool. (laughs) It was a cool, it's a cool part of my my story, I guess, that this story that God has... um, kind of had me on. Well, I tell you, that's, that's, that's the part of the story that, you know, led you to be able to stand up and do the things that you're doing now. Cause the amount of fortitude Amen. it took to get across the United States and to, to serve Jesus unselfishly, but also do it in such a way that, that, um, you didn't really know what the outcome was. You didn't, you didn't know what, the, what it was going to do to you and transform you. And we didn't know if, how many people had transformed along the way that God needed to, to reach during that, that time. So my hat's Amen. off to you for that. Amen. I'm not wearing a hat, but if well, I was, I'd take it off to you. Well, and, and you know, and as you said, Joel, it's, a, it's all a step of faith, you know, and that's what we need more than anything in our country today, especially in the world of politics as people, um, to take a step of faith and trust in God and do so with courage and boldness. Um, I think it's our only hope politically to really um, uh, just have 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 leaders, leaders that... Um, you know, just have faith that just trust in, in God first. And then secondly, in the American spirit and the American people and lead, you know, and fight back against this evil and this, this corruption in our world today. Yeah. So that, that led you to be, become kind of a firebrand for the movement of Cowboys for Trump. And you've been standing up for, for faith and freedom and the constitution. And, um, Frankly, the work that you've been been doing is is standing on the front lines for quite a few years, and then you went to Washington to redress, as I would say, it to redress your redress your grievances, right to the people that were yeah, able to to steal our election. Absolutely. And here we absolutely. are. You never went in the Capitol, did you, yeah. Coy? No. Ne- 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 never went in the Capitol, never even had intention of walking down to the Capitol, um, excuse me, on that day. Um, the only reason why I went even down to the Capitol is because a good friend of mine, a man by the name of Gary Chapman, um, Gary uh, is a Christian recording artist. He was Amy Grant, him and Amy Grant were married at one time. And uh, Gary texted me that morning and encouraged me to go down to the Capitol and pray with people. And uh and so, um, you know, that was my intention of going down to the Capitol on January 6th was, was to pray with people. And that, and that was accomplished. I was able to pray with thousands of people um, from the steps of the Capitol. And that was a great honor for me. And, uh, 
and a day that I tell others that was probably um, the most amazing day of my life, you know, and I, and God's allowed me to walk through some amazing doors. You know, I've, I've sat down at the resolute desk with president Trump, just him and I in the oval office. Um, you know, I've rode horseback through the old city of Jerusalem. Um, you know, I've done, uh, God's allowed me to do some amazing things, but, um, all those days pale in comparison to January 6th, in my opinion. Um, January 6th was just an expression of patriotism, um, like I'd never even imagined, you know, and, uh, and it was a day that I was glad to be a part of, um, because I was a part of a day of a peaceful demonstration. I wasn't a part of a, a violent mob or an armed insurrection or anybody that was disruptive. Um, so I stand strong on my ground that I was proud to be there on that day. And I stood like shoulder to shoulder with like-minded great American patriots that um, were heeding to the call because the call was on that day is that China had stolen our elections. And, and when that message comes from the highest office, the president of the United States, um, that's a strong message, you know, I mean, um, and honestly, in my opinion, um, if China really did steal our elections, in my opinion, that would be a cause for grounds for war. You know, I mean, I, I was standing on that brink, like, you know, something big is going to happen. I, I thought something big is going to happen. And, uh, yeah. And what happened at the end of January 6th, on the evening of January 6th, is that President Trump told everybody to go home. And we all went back home to wreck out businesses and depressed children and communities devastated by COVID. And, um, and now we've been, been targeted and hunted down by the FBI. And, uh, you know, um, one thing that stuck on me all whenever I was walking across from walking away from the Capitol that day is I heard a man say pretty much what I just told you. And he said, you know, Mr. President, he was talking out of a loudspeaker and he goes, you know, Mr. President, it's real easy for you to go back home when you go back to Mar-a-Lago and play golf on your private golf course. And we go back to our communities that are completely wrecked out. And, you know, I mean, um, it's just, well, it's just I, tough, you know. I mean, I, I know, I know the president was hoping for the best, but um, when the president said, "Let's hope that Mike Pence does the right thing," um, to me, that was um, one of the sharpest things I heard on that day because that that was a message to me that the president didn't have control of the situation. You know, yeah. um, up until that point, I thought that President Trump had a grip on everything. And when I stood at the back of that crowd and I heard him on the on the mall and whenever I heard Trump say, let's hope Mike Pence does the right thing, um, that really set me back. And I thought, you know, Mr. President, he's your vice president. Why didn't you pick one that, you know, would make sure that he did the right thing? So um, that's just some of the continued frustrations that um, I have today. And I know that many others like me have. So so I want to, Max, do you have something you want to say before I jump into this? Well, I, I want to walk through everything, but I also want to make sure everyone knows that Coy does have a active litigation where he is a defendant and they want to throw him in prison. So Coy, I just want to let you know if at any point we ask you something that you don't want to answer just because in truth, anything you say can and will be used against you. If we, if we go down right. a pathway you don't want to answer, just let us know and that's fine. Right. But I'd love to walk through it, Joe, um, that yeah. day. So, so I'd love wanna... to walk through it too. So I want to say something to you, Coy, that, I mean, in response to what you said about President Trump, <clears throat> I, was, I was there in January 6th. I met with Mayor Giuliani. I met with other people um, because I was asked to. I was asked to meet with those people. And, and I'm, I'm going to say something to you, and you're, you're, you may hate me for saying it, but President, yeah, pre, 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 President Trump surrounded himself with what he thought was the best of a very, very bad situation. Washington is a cesspool of people that have an, an unquenchable thirst for power and money. Yeah. Unquenchable. And I remember sitting at the table and someone walked in and sat down. And this is after January 6th. It's after January 6th sits down and says, you got to get me a full pardon. And I, and I look at him like, what, in, what is wrong with you? 
Yeah. Why, why would you say that? And this person is staring, looking right at Mayor Giuliani. And I'm asking everyone, where's the plan to just pull out the evidence? Where's the maturity? Where's the basic, basic maturity as men, as women, whatever? I mean, I, there was women there too. Where is the basic principles of being focused on the goal of truth only? And Coy, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. It was self-serving. People looking for power and authority. And look, I haven't said anything up to this point because I'm actually disgusted that we haven't been able to get back to where we hold people responsible for, for the 3rd of November because we have plenty of evidence. Just Absolutely. like they have no evidence on you. Yeah. So no, I don't uh, think I that... I, I, I hear everything when you have that many Judases around you and the Judases spread like a cancer, man, it's taken down better men. And I don't know if there's Absolutely. a whole lot of better men than, than President Trump. I just don't. And that doesn't mean he's not fa- flawed, flawed. But I think that he is courageous. But I do believe that people went back to their homes devastated. They went back to barely paying yeah. the bills in many cases, yeah. used everything to come out to Washington to try and save our nation. And, yeah. But I also believe that that fire that he lit is not going out. And they're trying to figure out how to put it out, and they can't. Oh, yeah. They can't. They're scrambling right now like cockroaches, you know. And, <sighs> and I'll tell you something, you know, just because, um, you know, in my opinion, maybe President Trump could speak out more about the injustices of January 6th and maybe particularly even my own personal situation. Um <sighs> But, but that can't be translated as to me turning on the president, bashing the president. No, I didn't say Calling that. the president yeah. a massive mm-hmm. grifter. All the, the fake news that these mainstream media garbage uh, um, newspaper news outlets are saying, you know. I mean, my, my, I still support the president. I still, I still, man, I mean, I'm still grateful every day for the leadership that President Trump showed us while in office. Um, but you know, in politics, we should always expect more from our leadership, you know, and we should always be able to exchange and constructive criticism and not that not be construed to attacks or slander, but just, I mean, we're in a battle and we need, we have to build a network. We have to have a team and we have to go at it together. And I wish that president Trump would speak out more on January 6th because in my opinion, he's been too quiet on it. You know, I mean, I think that um, January 6th is going to tell a big story one day. Yeah, it is. So, Coy, let me let me ask you this. So you were at the Ellipse, correct? That's you correct. You started at the Ellipse when Donald Trump gave a That's speech. Correct. If we can put up my screen, put up my screen, Mr. Producer, just for everyone who doesn't know the National put the screen. Mall. Screen, put up the screen. Uh, Sorry, they guys. They did kind of. No, you're fine. There we go. Oh, here we go. So for everyone who doesn't know, the ellipse is closer to the White House than is the U.S. Capitol building. It's right over here. Right, This is where the speech was. It's about two miles. It says it's two miles, but anyone who's ever walked there, you know, it's it's hard to walk across the whole National Mall. It's, it's, a, it's a big distance. Right. And Google says yeah. 41 minutes. I think you could probably do it a little bit faster, but it's still about two miles. About two miles. Sure. So you were at the ellipse for Donald Trump's speech. When did you start moving over to the Capitol? Um, I started moving away from the ellipse right before uh, they started playing the YMCA because I just haven't been able to stomach that at the end of the Trump rallies any longer, you know? I mean, so before yeah, the yeah. the YMCA started and all the dancing started, I kind of started drifting away. So I think it was right before noon, probably. So before you even left the ellipse, we know from the record that the people had already busted through the police lines at the Capitol, but you didn't necessarily know that because you're not no. watching the news like we are. You're at you're no. at the ellipse at that before you've even left. They've already busted through police lines. And I use the word busted very loosely because there are lots of images and videos of police voluntarily removing the the barricades and gesturing people yeah. in. Videos of people of police officers opening the doors to the U.S. Capitol and letting people inside. So you didn't have sure. any idea of the specifics of what was happening at the Capitol when you were over at the Ellipse, did you? Not at all. No, I had no no idea there was any violence going on down at the Capitol. Mm-mm. So when you got... And I expressed it that takes, very clearly. 
And I expressed that yeah. very clearly to the FBI, too, thinking that that was going to exonerate me, but we know where that led to. Yeah. So it takes you, maybe you're a little bit faster, maybe it takes you about half an hour-ish to walk from the Ellipse uh -huh. to the Capitol building. What do you see when you get there? Do you see any fights? Do you see any violence? No, you know, I saw flags, people running around with Trump flags, and I saw, I didn't see any violence um, that I can recall. Um, when I got down there, but I wasn't, I wasn't close. I was, I was back. I was back. I wasn't up. I wasn't up in nothing. I'll tell you all this. And as God is my witness, and I tell you hundred percent truthfully, I never was at one time on January 6th at a place where I felt like it was had a violent, um, atmosphere or, you know, or, or, or I thought I was threatened in any way, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if I was just protected the whole time by, by God or what, but I just, I didn't see it. I knew there were skirmishes going on. I saw some skirmishes in the distance, but in my own, in my own space, there wasn't anything violent going on. And when you walked up to the U.S. Capitol grounds, you did not believe that you were walking into a quote-unquote riot. It just looked like no. there was a big protest going on. People waving flags, With, cheering, singing yes. songs. I mean, if you if you call a protest singing the national anthem and reciting the Pledge of Allegiance, then I guess that's exactly what it was because that's exactly what the people were doing. I mean, it was a it was a sign of patriotism what I saw. So when you get to the Capitol, the picture, the one picture I found that this that the government has presented against you shows that looks like you climbing up what you have. I've heard you describe in interviews as a ladder. Sure. Tell me what's like going through your mind. Looks to me yeah, like a ladder. I, I guess. I guess now, come to find out, it's a bike rack. It was a bike rack, but at that time, whenever when that picture was taken, there was a big crowd, and it was all funneling across a place that had like a transition from one ledge to another one, and there was a couple steps. What I thought those were steps, and there was two people that were helping people take about two or three steps up that rack and keep moving. But that was well inside of what they call the authorized zone too. They're trying to portray that as me scaling the barricades, which it yeah. wasn't. It's, it's fake news. So you had no, un that's a, a bike rack. I mean, it looks like a bike rack. You have no, that's what it was. When you, when you get there, you have no idea how that got into that position. You don't know who removed it. No, it you don't was, know who like put it down said, outside. It was, there was there was thousands of people everywhere going every different direction, you know, so there was a lot of stuff going on. And yeah, no, I mean, it's not like, you know, I was led up to a, something that I thought, oh, no, I yeah. better not step. I didn't. No, not at all. Well, it looks like a ladder to me. When you get up, you you they have you on video. I don't have the video with me, but they have you on video talking to the crowd. Tell everyone right. what you said. Right. When, when you started talking praying, to the crowd. Pray, praying with the crowd. And as I mentioned earlier in the interview, I, you know, that's what I went down there with the intention to do. And that door didn't open until I was on the, on the West Terrace. And uh, I went up an out, outside staircase peacefully. Um, and then a bullhorn hooked behind my leg. I kid you not, as I'm standing in the staircase, I asked the guy if I could borrow his bullhorn. He said, yes. I took his bullhorn and I turned away from the Capitol building. This is important because I've been accused of trying to saying I was inciting the crowd at this time. If I would have been wanted to incite that crowd, I would have turned to the building. I turned away from the Capitol. I addressed the people that were walking up to the Capitol and I told them that we've been fighting too much and that we need to pray. And I, I told him I recited uh, second, second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 um, at, with the bullhorn. I told him, you know, that God's word says that if we will repent and turn from our wicked ways, then he will hear our prayers and heal our land. Um, and I prayed with the people. And then I hung out a few minutes longer and then I left. And that was, um, that was about the gist of it. Did any police officer ask you to leave? Never. Did you see no. any signage prominently displayed telling you that you shouldn't be right where you were? No.
Are they trying to get your you understanding? See, and that's part of my that's part of my charge. My charge says knowingly crossing into an unauthorized zone. I didn't know that was an unauthorized zone. I didn't know that that was, you know, there wasn't any signs or yeah. nobody told me I couldn't be there, you know. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive. And yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily, not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. Well, and I think so, that Go ahead. Sorry, Max. Well, I just, I just want to just wrap it up in a boat. At no point did a police officer say you couldn't do it. You didn't see any signage. You didn't you didn't smell any tear gas or you weren't seeing people getting beaten up, which would make you think you couldn't no. be there. This is a place that is called the people's house. What do you think and about man, the fact that you're being you're being charged and that, for standing outside of the people's house? And that was one of the main chants of that day too. The crowd was chanting, this is our house. This is, this is the people's house, you know? And, and it's a valid point because last thing I heard, I thought it was too, you know? So, um, yeah, but well, apparently it belongs to the government and they'll throw you in jail if they stand, yeah. you stand on their so, property. So, so this is interesting because you're, you're facing a misdemeanor one misdemeanor i got Correct. a chance to talk to alex shepherd as well that's facing one felony and four misdemeanors I was standing i guess behind ashley babbitt when she was murdered in the capitol and uh yeah <clears throat> so we are you did not go in you got charged with a misdemeanor no. there's thousands of people around you no. you're trying to get people to pray so let me no. ask you this question coy because i think that people need to understand one thing and that is the government is lying. They're lying. Did, did you knowingly enter an area that wasn't? And they have no. enough information. They have enough information to come to that own, their own conclusion. Are they lying? And that's Roy? why and, and that's why it's been 14 months since I've been charged, Joe, to, to the time that I'll finally have my trial on March 21st. It's because... The government doesn't want to come to the table, but but liars never do. No, they don't. And, and, and hence the election and, was stolen. Amen. And, and but but whenever we go to trial, then we're going to be able to petition the government for exculpatory evidence, which will give us legal access to fourteen thousand hours of video footage. Just going to show the beating death of of Roseanne Boyland, I believe. And, and a lot of other really sketchy stuff that went on on that day. You know, I mean, you, we have Marjorie Taylor Greene, we just referenced it a few days ago, what she saw on video, and it's horrendous. So and how about the, they, she saw we'll, the video we'll of them, be, we, we, she saw the video of them beating that woman to death. Beating right. her to death. They beat a woman to and death. And dragging her, li and Marjorie said dragging her lifeless body through the halls of Congress, like a deer you just killed somewhere or something, you know, yeah. it's like down the unbelievable. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard, I've heard firsthand accounts of people that have actually seen that video and yeah. it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And this is our government. And then you have Ray Epps out from the FBI informant from Arizona that was encouraging people to break the doors down and enter into the Capitol building and cause violence recorded, documented, and he hasn't been charged, yet I spent three weeks in solitary confinement for praying with people, you know? Well, let, let's get to that part. You were arrested. I want, I want, Max, is it okay if we get into his arrest now, or do you want, to, you want more yeah. information on the Capitol? No, no, no. I, I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure that we could get all the details without obviously making you say anything that could hurt your case. 
I think you did great. I don't great think you could say anything during his case. You did great. <laughs> I, know, I know, but like, I mean, the gloves are off. The the glove the gloves are off with me. You know, I mean, um, what what they they want me to be quiet. They want all of us to be quiet. They want to censor us. You know, and they want to threaten us. Oh, you better not say anything. No, you know. It's time to say something, and it's time to speak up, in my opinion. So, so let's move on to when you were arrested. They showed up, right? So where were you? Yeah. Where were you when you were arrested? I was in D.C. I, I was right outside the Capitol. I had gone back to Washington, D.C. because I wanted to watch the inauguration with my own eyes because I still don't believe anything that they're telling me, you know. Well, so I had traveled back to D.C., and that's where the FBI acted on a warrant for my arrest and arrested me in Washington. Okay, so you were there. They walked up, and they said, Coy? Coy Griffin, right? Yeah, they you identified know they were looking for you. Yeah, they were looking for me. That's your boots. Okay, so they were looking for you. Tell us what happened from there. Because this is going to get they to the part where you're in jail. They took me down to the jail. station. They, they, huh? This is going to get into the part where you went to a jail that wasn't fit for Osama yes, bin Laden. They, they, they took me down. They interrogated me. They um, took me to a jail in, the, in D.C. somewhere, some, some city lockup that was the most disgusting place you could ever imagine in your life. The bugs in this place were horrible. I, I didn't spend any more than about 24 hours in there, and I had a, a bed sore on my back about the size of a quarter right above my butt from laying on this steel bench in this place that was, um, it was just the most horrible place you could imagine. But I spent 24 hours in there, and then they transported me from there to some trial. Then they took me to the D.C. Department of Corrections, and they put me in total 24-hour-a-day solitary confinement um, for a total of nine days um, where they didn't let me take a shower. Um, my sink was backed up in my stall with where my cell with um, sewer water back flowing back into my sink. Um, I, I wasn't allowed to use a telephone until day number 10 to call my family. My family didn't know where I was or what had happened to me. Um, it was very, it was uh, as unjust as I think as you could do to a, an American citizen. I mean, we're not talking about constitutional rights. We're just talking about basic human rights. And, uh, and, and the most heartbreaking thing of all is there's still guys like Jacob Chansley that are still locked up in that place. You know, um, Jacob was in a cell right next to me whenever I was in there and, uh, Jacob was extremely fragile whenever I was in that place, and that's been over 10 months ago. So, um, you know, there there's some real victims in all of this, um, and it's very sad, and it's disgraceful uh, for our government to do this to people. Well, do you think it's they're sending a message that they're going to put you in basically the goulash if you if you stand up against the government? you think this is another just uh, another threat of intimidation? And now it's not working. They're praying at 9 o'clock at night. They're... They're standing up and singing the national anthem. I know. They're not letting their spirit get broken. You know, but they are prisoners of war. They're being held by foreign enemies. Enemies to our country are inside of our government. Matter of fact, most of the, the guards inside of those prisons don't even speak English. Don't even speak English I or barely can, speak English. I can, I can attest to that. Whenever the guards would be talking to each other in the community area, they would be talking in some kind of an African dialect or something, you know? Um, whenever I was in there, the jail guards had masks, the masks they were wearing said black lives matters on them. You know, I mean, I was the effing white cracker to them in there. Um, you know, it was the most racist atmosphere I've ever experienced in my life, you know, but these men have been brainwashed into believing that Trump supporters are the racists. So you can imagine the, the treatment that Trump supporters are receiving from these people. It's, it, it, uh, it's so disturbing, you know, very well, disturbing. Go ahead, Max. So you were in solitary for three weeks? Nine days. That's correct. 
No, three weeks. Three weeks. Okay. I was, the first I was okay. in three weeks total, but I was in nine days, 24 hour a day solitary. And then they let me have one hour a day out after that. So, but I was in there for three weeks. So how did that happen? How did you obviously not a violent person, an elected official, how did an elected official find himself in solitary for three weeks in one of the nation's worst prisons? It, it was selective and it was political. I mean, I, I know the president, I know president Trump, you know, I've been in the oval office before. I, 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 I visited with him multiple times, you know, so, um, and then they used a video that I had made in the Senate impeachment hearings against the president only a few days after I got out of jail, like in fe early February. So, um, so it was selective and, and they were targeting me to, to only try to get to the president, I believe. So what got you out? What did you need to do? Like, how, how did you get out of solitary? Because obviously there's still people in solitary confinement. There's still people being later, punished. 11 months later. What did you have you to know, do to get out? You know, Chief, Chief Justice Howell is who I went to in the pretrial release. And, and she just simply acknowledged that I wasn't violent on that day. And uh, she, she, thank God, she let me out. Praise God, because, you know... There could, there would be, there, I could still be in that place. And I honestly, I don't know how I would have survived one more than what I was in. Oh, we lost him. We lost oh, him. We may have lost Boy. him. Give him a second. He might, Boy, he might refresh. Gonna try and the, reconnect with him. I think the interesting part that I want to bring out is that they, there's no humanity in this government. There's none. If people hit the hit the share button, you're gonna you're gonna hear some stuff that that happened that is going to turn your stomach. We haven't even gotten to the good part. Yeah, we haven't even gotten and to the Joe, good part of how they've been treated. Yes. And Joe, you addressed it in the comment section, so it's yeah. fair game. A goulash is a soup. Yeah, the I know. Goulash, goulash is, is prison. Yeah, hey, you're I a little know. sick under the weather. Actually, I'm not just a little bit sick. I told you I didn't want to come on. I was like, ah, but I have to. This is a great interview. I don't want to let you down. I want to make sure people can, you know, and I had a chance to talk to Koi, you know, you know, I know when I said it, actually, I could use some goulash right now. <laughs> that actually made me feel bad. My, my That's mute button is really goulash. good for me right now. <laughs> oh. So Mr. Bruce, are we able to get Koi back? I'm working on it. Give me one second. I'm working on it. So, um, so, so listen, he got charged with a misdemeanor after they had the facts that he never went in the Capitol. After they know the facts, they have all the facts, and they haven't dropped the case. What they did instead is they've offered him a plea deal. So they have all the evidence that shows that he was nonviolent, never went into the, the Capitol at all, and yet they're now offering a plea deal, not, oh, sorry, we yeah. made a mistake. And for three weeks, they locked him, knowing this. They knew this. They had this evidence before they arrested him. Yeah. But they wanted, they wanted someone that they could make an example out of. That's the evil yeah. that our government represents. And I don't want to get upset about it, because they'll get theirs. Oh, consequences are best served cold. But it shows you just how evil our government is. So hit the share button. We'll get Koi back here in a minute. And Mr. Producer, if you can give him a, if you can text him a call-in number, that might be easier to get him connected. He's in kind of a little remote area of New Mexico, I believe, so it might be a little hard. Send him that number. Maybe we can get him to call in. As we're waiting for that, going to remind everyone, if we can put up my screen in the meantime, this podcast brought to you by the Conservative Daily Store, and we have new Christmas T-shirts up, up and available. Order now in time for Christmas. The Christmas Come and Take It T-shirt. Fauci just this past week is saying that if you want to have Christmas guests over your home you got to check their vaccination stats presumably i guess to turn away people who are unvaccinated this t-shirt's modeled after the great come and take it battle flag of the texas revolution except instead of the cannon there is a christmas tree so pick up your come and take it christmas t-shirt today at store.conservative-daily.com and show the world what you really think about their attempts to cancel the birthday of jesus christ you know it is they try to make everybody they, they try to punish everyone you know, Dominion funds a lawsuit for Eric Coomer. 
The January 6th prisoners get lawyers like Al Watkins, piece of trash, who literally are helping the government get long sentences for people by lying to them. We're going to yeah. tell the story of the shaman. Do you know who the shaman is, Max? Yeah, they, uh, they call him the QAnon shaman. He's That's not the, the QAnon the shaman. That's the name the media gave him. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, Joe. Huh, we got you back? Hey. Hey, sorry phone. about that. It's all good. Can, Can you, you hear, hear us? us? Yeah. Awesome. So uh, we we were just talking hey, about. Hey, I was going to tell you. You know, you know, on that guy that they call the QAnon shaman. You were just talking about him. Forty-one months. Yeah, I know. So hey, so get this. So whenever I first, whenever I was the first one in on that wing, and then they started adding all those other guys. Well, they added that Jacob guy on my wing and so the first time me and him would get out typically at the same time for the one hour a day that they let us out and so the first time him and i were out together i i had heard that he was a part of antifa and so i asked him straight Mm -hmm. up i said hey i said uh i've been hearing rumors in here that you have ties to antifa is there any truth to that and he goes no man I'm, i'm not part of antifa and i said well if you follow somebody, who would you follow? He said, God. I said, okay. I said, well, what about like a political platform? Um, you know, who would you follow as far as politics go? And he goes, well, I don't know, man. If I follow anything, I guess I'd say I'd follow the queue. You know, and it's, it's so hilarious that they have made him like the poster child for the QAnon movement. Yeah. And you guys know those no-cute people as much as me. If I would have asked him, do you follow any political movement, he would have been going, oh, yeah, you don't know about the Q, the Q and on Q, you know. But he said, if I follow anything, I guess I'd say I follow the Q, you know. I mean, how convincing is that? It's not. I don't know. But but here's the other thing. His name's uh, Jacob Chansley. And I want you to know that we're going to have Jacob on the show for two hours, cool. two hours, and he's no going to tell the story about what they did, what Al Watkins did to him, number one. Wow. So, so listen, we're, we're going to be having the conversation about this, but what Al Watkins, his attorney, did to him, who's absolutely did not represent his interest, and he should go back and get a new trial. Oh, no. And, and Jacob's grandfather was dying, and they said, if you yeah. want to see your grandfather, you need to sign this. I know. So he signed it to see I his know. grandfather and they knew he would never yep. see his grandfather. They knew it. They knew yep. it. Yep. So Jacob's pretty. I upset know. Because... I know. I talk. I. You, you know. I went out to. I went out to Phoenix to one of those January six deals, and I met Jacob's mom, and I spent a lot of time with her, talking to her and stuff. You know, because, I mean, I was in there with her son. You know, so I, I, uh, and 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 she's just been, um, totally devastated by all this. You know, I mean. Jacob, Jacob's a good guy. I mean, Jacob's extremely peaceful guy and he's passionate, you know, and, uh, and he's not a violent guy. I mean, he's the most, he's kind of one of those weird passive aggressives that don't even believe in killing house flies and stuff, you know? I mean, the guy's, the guy's a special guy. And in my opinion, he's the biggest victim of January 6th, you know? Well, and he doesn't—he doesn't believe in violence. He was there praying. He was—he called the FBI when yeah. he knew he was a, a, a uh, person of interest. The second he was driving yeah. back to his home, so I've had a chance to yeah. have some really good conversations with his friend who's standing next to him. But it is—it's yep. scary what they're doing to him in a lot of different ways. Oh. But I think one of the biggest oh, ways is that, is that they have propped up a lie. I know, I know, brother. And and hey, and I tell you what. I talked to that same friend that you're talking about right there, the yeah. friend of Jacobs. I'm yeah. sure we know we're talking about the same guy. Yeah. And he told me that Jacob's really been digging into the Word of God, too, and really been studying Scripture. And that's that was the best thing I heard all weekend, you know, that, that Jacob's really been studying the Bible. And, uh, you know, I mean, we can only pray that those guys come out stronger, you know. I mean, we, we just pray that their faith is strong and that their spirit is strong and because, um, because that treatment is really is extremely destructive. Well, well Coy, let me ask you this because we're, we're almost yeah. done. We have a little bit of time. I want to get in. We've talked about 
that day. We've talked about you being put into solitary. I want to talk about the charges yes, and the bogus plea deal that they offered. So the main charge sure. against you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The only charge. It is, um, yeah, unless he takes the plea deal. Um, knowingly entering Good. or remaining in any restricted building or grounds without the lawful authority to do so, you didn't have a loaded firearm on your person. So that crime carries yeah. a prison sentence of up to one year, a fine, or both. Yeah. yeah. They have offered. Exactly. And, we went. Mm-hmm. We, we talked a little bit how you didn't know that was a restricted area, and it, it would ultimately be their sure. duty to to put that sure. signage up. I want to ask sure. you about. The plea deal that they offered you, yeah. bogus plea deal. If we put if we yeah. put on my screen, Mr. Producer, okay. just before we get to that though, if you look at the actual charging document, if we can put up my screen, the charging document at the end, they made sure to add this little tidbit at the end of the charging document that says the stone wall at the outer edge of the west front of the United <sighs> States Capitol grounds, as well as the inauguration yeah. platform, are for the purposes of this plea considered to be architectural features on the Capitol grounds. That's not even so, what they are. So, and they're not. So their plea deal they have offered you is basically yeah. it's the crime of, of stepping on or injuring an architectural yeah. feature. Koi, <laughs> did you injure yeah. any architectural feature? No. No, no architectural features were injured in the creation of January 6th. No, I don't. No, I did in any ways. I mean, not to say that there wasn't any, but... I didn't I didn't endanger any architectural designs, but you know, that was a second plea that I I denied too. They offered me another plea deal a while back. And uh in that plea they wanted me first they were gonna want me to plead to parading and then that was deemed as to be unconstitutional, whatever that charge was supposed to be. And then they wanted me to plead to disorderly or disruptive behavior. And I told him, no, I wasn't going to plead a disruptive or disorderly. So this second time around, now they've got this other plea standing on an architectural design. I don't know if they're just, like, making this stuff up as they, they go are. or what. They are. You know, I mean, how stupid is it? And then what do they, they – all those idiots sit around and go, oh, well, what should that be worth? I don't know. Let's give them six months probation and maybe a year for standing on an architectural design. I mean, what – what kind of a circus is this that's going yeah. on inside of our Department of Justice, you know? Well, basically, they're offering you up to six months, up to six months in prison yeah. for standing on yep. an architectural feature, probation of not exactly. more than five years, a fine yeah. of not more than $5,000. They want to force yeah. you to pay $10 to the clerk of the U.S. District Court. That seems pretty damn petty. And then oh, yeah. when you actually go down to the bit about restitution. They have claimed that on that day, people at the Capitol caused $1,495,000 in damages. And they have assessed that of the one point, almost 1.5 million in damages, they say you owe $500. Koi, did you cause $500 of damage on January 6th? No, I didn't cause it. I didn't cause a dollar's worth of damage. And there's one part of that plea that you missed too, Max, that in my opinion is important. <laughs> and it's a part of that plea where they want me to write a statement acknowledging how bad I was on that day and how sorry I was for my actions. You know, did you see that? Yeah, I did. We just, I just wanted statement? to skip through it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well that's part that's part yeah. and parcel of what they're what they're forcing people to do. They're forcing people to denounce Trump. They're I know. forcing people to I know. apologize. Yeah, we're not doing that. What? How did you respond no. to this plea deal? I denied the plea deal. I told my attorney I'm not going to accept anything but deferred prosecution or a deferred trial, you know, pretrial di- 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 diversion or whatever they call it. I, I'm not going to accept it. I mean, because listen. Why I'm, would you accept anything? If you don't accept talking. anything, you can go back after him. If you don't yeah, accept anything, you, know, you can go back after him. Plea- you know what you do when you accept a plea deal? You go home and you shut up. That's what you do. And everybody that accepts a plea deal is going to have to do just that. They're not going to be able to appeal anything. They're not going to be able to come back at the government for anything. It's case closed, game over, go home, do your time, and say you're sorry. That's what they want everybody to do. And, and um, 
I mean, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I feel like I had a right as an American on January 6th to stand in a peaceful protest with my fellow Americans on in Washington D.C. and fly the American flag and do what we did. I feel like I had a right as an American, so I'm not going to say I'm sorry for doing something that I felt like I had every right to do. You know. On this podcast, I've I've talked about other protests and how the U.S. government has handled them, whether it be the Whiskey Rebellion, Shays Rebellion. More recently, you had the Bonus Army after World War One. They that got a little violent yeah. outside the Capitol. They were demanding that they be paid the back pay for their service in World War One, and the government basically sent tanks after them and burned down their shanty town. Yeah. But after all of these different protests, the government said, "You know what? We have to come together as a country. We can't just be putting people to death. We can't just be throwing people in prison yeah. for life because they were protesting." And at the end of the day, cooler heads always prevailed. I mean, you go back to Shays' Rebellion, the Whiskey Rebellion. There were people who were sentenced to die for leading a rebellion against the United States and actually killing and shooting and injuring and killing U.S. soldiers. They got pardoned because, again, at the end of the day, cooler heads prevailed and said, hey, we can't just be putting people to death every time there's a political disagreement. What do you think it says about this government that they have decided to dedicate resources to going after you? What do you think it says about this government? It's just, it's just mind blowing. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's disgraceful. Um, you know, I've got it. I've got a case that's going to be heard in the 10th circuit in January the 19th, um, where this man is, has filed a lawsuit against me, the chairman of the Democrat party, the County that I'm in, he's suing me because I blocked him on my own personal Facebook page. And because he said that I denied his right to participate in a in a conversation, and I'm an elected official, and this is and he in your district is going to be heard. This is going to be heard in the Tenth Circuit, a case where a guy's crying because he got blocked on Facebook. When we live in a world of pedophiles and gang members and murderers and thieves, and you're going to tie our courts and our DOJ up with with petty bs like they're doing right now it's a shame matt stands to your question total 100 percent shame what they're doing i i hadn't heard about that case i i heard about the recall effort yeah. and I'm, I'm i'm glad to hear yeah. that they didn't get the signatures for that so you're not yeah. going to face they the recall i hadn't heard about about the other one yeah yeah, when they, you know, after that January 6th deal, they smelt a little blood in the water and they thought they could get me recalled. And so they came at me strong, hot and heavy for three months. And they weren't able to get 28% of the registered voters in my district to sign that that recall deal. But I've got two cases that are going to be heard in the 10th Circuit. One, Sidney Powell's represent me on um, against the Secretary of State of New Mexico, Maggie Toulouse-Oliver, because... She's using her political office to try to force me to register as a nonprofit, which will only unmask all of my, so they can treat them with the same vindictiveness that they come after me. So we're trying to protect um, the the identity of those political supporters that have supported me. So that's one case. And then the other case is that Facebook case with that crybaby Democrat from here that is suing me because I blocked him on Facebook. Uh, you mean, should you should troll the living crap out of him every day. Wake up every single day. I would if and I make had his... social media. Oh, you don't have social media? <laughs> I have none, man. I they they got me shut down every time I walk out. There's social media Nazis are after me. Are you on Telegram? I just look for opportunities. I don't have it. No, you know I've never been able to get really get Telegram figured out, man. I just. You know, they shut my Facebook and Twitter down, and I just I just thought, you know what, I'll just lay it down and look for opportunities like going on you guys' show and other media outlets that just, I mean, I'm trying to continue to carry the message, but I just don't have my own platform to do it off of. So is there any way that but, people who want to follow you, any way that people can, can sign you? up to get notifications other than social media? You know what? Not really, man. I mean, I just, um, I'm just kind of, they've really got me neutralized right now. You know, I felt like the other day I thought, you know what? I feel like one of those fish whenever they get 
you know, you shock them in the water and they just get, they're just stunned. That's what, that's what I feel like's happened to me. You know, I mean, um, uh, you know, it's financially, it's very difficult, you know, and in the community, it's very difficult. My family is very difficult right now. Um, it's just, it's just really, I mean, and I'm not going to be crying, singing a sad song because I know everybody's like that right now, but it's just really a hard time. You know, I mean, we need some big wins and, and I'm not seeing them coming. I mean, I'm, I see them coming on the county level. That's the place where I really see us winning back. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to audit our, our electorate, our 2020, we're going to do a full forensic audit on our 2020 elections here in Otero County. We're going to be the first County in New Mexico. And I hope that we, we create a wheel or a, or a blueprint that other counties in New Mexico can follow. But, um, we're going to keep fighting, you know, we're I'm, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm not, I'm, I I can't quit, and, and many others like me can't quit either, because if we do, we'll get swallowed up by this evil we're fighting. Well, Mr. Producer says he does have a Give, Send, Go link. Um, so if you want to support, yes. if you want to support Coy in his ongoing go legal battles, Here you, go. Um, you can find help and, Coy Griffin of Cowboys for Trump. And I... And I appreciate that, Max. That was Ben Burkwam from America's Voice. Ben and I have been good friends for a long time. And Ben Ben created that fund for me. And um, I can't even begin to tell you how much it's been a blessing, you know, because, I mean, I make $23,000 a year for the county, and that's, um, that's pretty much the only income I have, you know. I mean, at one time I was I was heavily involved in business. and But once you get involved in politics, man, it's uh, – it, it it it's hard. It makes it hard to stay afloat financially and in business, and and uh, so that fund's been a real blessing. Well, I'm going to tell you that yeah, it is because I was a tech CEO, and um, you know the yeah the fight, the fight becomes really difficult. People don't understand when when oh, the, attack, yeah. the attacks come, they come heavy, and uh, oh yeah, you know it's uh it's 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 not comfortable. It's not comfortable. Yeah. Did you get a chance to meet Heather Wilson there in Dallas, Joe? The, the the owner of the one the lady that created Gibson Gibson Go? No. No. Yeah, she was there. She was oh, cool, wow. man. She she came I shook her hand and I introduced she introduced herself and I said I'm Coy Griffin, the Cowboys for Trump and she's like, Oh yeah, I remember I know you. I'm the one that owns Gibson Go and I'm like, Oh yeah, I think I was communicating directly with her whenever I was because they were trying to shut me down on Gibson Go too. That Stripe processing um, company, yeah. they were trying to they were trying to shut my account down, and I was I was just pleading with Gibson Go that you know this is the only avenue that I've been able to find that I can, you know, any lifeline at all that I've been able to develop. So, um, God bless them there at Gibson Go. They're doing a great job. I tell well, you, Corey, what, I want to thank you so much for for stopping by. I'm glad we were able to get you back Absolutely. on the phone. Um, I wish Absolutely. you the best of luck with your court cases. Thank you, Matt. The fact that they're coming at you with more pleas suggests that they mm -hmm. are not that confident or they don't want to have to hand over everything in discovery. Um, so hopefully, um, well, are you going to, let me yeah. ask you this just last question. Will you take a plea? Even if it's like a very simple, like a okay. basic plea, will you ever take a plea or are you intending on going to trial? I'm I'm intending on going to trial. You know this this has gone on long enough, and so um, so no, I'm I'm uh, I'm looking at March 21st is when a bench trial will be set before Judge Trevor McFadden. But I'll tell y'all something that I've noticed what's going on with the government, and I think they're trying to do. Um, here a while back in one of our status hearings, Trevor McFadden, uh, he 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 uh, encouraged us very strongly, I should say. Um, to come to an, a plea agreement. And so after that hearing, there was correspondence back and forth between the prosecution and my, my attorney. And um, the, the plea deal that the government came up with um, it isn't even the, it was, it's worse than what the plea was why, before. So why plead? You, you know, I, I told my attorney, I said, you know what I think's happening? I said, I think the government's almost forcing the judge to dismiss our case. They're almost forcing the hand of dismissal because they're going to look bad in the dismissal. But if we go to trial, that's when we're really going to spank them. And they know that 
you know. I think you should not let them dismiss it. You should take the whole thing to trial so everyone can see everything. I know. I think that I every person right. I that think is so in too, jail right bro. now needs to wait. Listen, yep. I don't have any quit yep. in me. I don't have any quit in me. I don't either. Right? I so hear when you. I, when I tell you that I'm, I, yeah, I have no interest, zero interest in, in, st- in stepping down and, listen, and letting them just walk over, I was zero interest. I mean, I, yep. I, I frankly would rather spend the rest of my life in jail than say that I'm guilty of anything, but that's Amen. just who I am. Amen. Amen. And you know, Boy, I, Joe, I was, right, thinking, give me the word. I was thinking like, go ahead. I was just thinking on Joe's, on Joe's end, you know, about Joe's service to his country and his devotion right now and his level of sacrifice um, that you're showing right now, Joe. And it reminds me in the scripture whenever the rich man came to Jesus and asked him what he had to do to be a disciple of the Lord. And the Lord told him all the things he had to do. And he says, I've done all those things. And then Jesus told him, okay, now go sell everything that you have and follow me. And the rich man walked away with his head hung low because he loved the world more than he loved the things of God. And and I'm seeing it in you, Joe, that I can see that you've got the heart of sacrifice, man, and you're willing to give everything up and uh, and make that sacrifice. And that's to be spoken about, and that's to be acknowledged and respected, man. You know? I appreciate you, brother. I would I would give it all up. Absolutely. And I think it's our I think it's Absolutely. Our We're all in it together, man. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> And we win, and we win. We've already won. As we trust in Jesus, the battle is ours, brother. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes, sir. Well, God bless well, Coy, you, Coy. Thank you so much for stopping by. Wish you the best of luck. Thank we'll, you, we'll guys. Definitely. We'll have, have you, you back again. on as your as your trial gets closer. All right. So right on, man. Look forward to the next time. Appreciate <laughs> you guys. Thanks, brother. Take. All right. Have a good one. All right. Talk to you. Soon. So there's my brother from another mother, Coy Griffin. You know, it uh, it hits me. It hits me when, I don't know if you guys got to hear this morning, the 15 minutes or 16 minutes. I went over a little bit when I was in, in uh, Dallas. But it hits me when I wake up in the morning. Like I wake up in the morning and I go, well, a little bit more gets eroded today. <laughs> a little bit more gets taken today. And it's that whole idea that you arm wrestle and you keep arm wrestling, but you never give up. You never give up. You never get in. And even if it pulls you off the cliff and you die, I gave it everything that I had for truth. I gave everything that I had to protect what I think we should all be protecting, which is our children, which is, yeah. frankly, the only thing that matters to me is, is God and my country and my countrymen. And my family is a part of the countrymen, so obviously I care about them. But it's 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 it Max, it's uh it's debilitating at times. And then other times I like to crack jokes because I think it's I think you ha- <clears throat> you have to have a sense of humor. Because if you don't have a sense of humor, it will destroy you. I, I truly believe it yeah. will destroy you. Well, this interview with Coy was particularly sobering for me because I have seen people at the Capitol sitting on those walls, just sitting down, just minding their own business. Back when you could actually get to the Capitol, you could actually walk up to the different parts <coughs> of, the, of the walls and the fencing. People sitting down on architectural features. And sure enough, it, it, apparently it's a crime. Six months in prison, in jail, to, to sit on an architectural feature. I mean, I'm, I'm legally minded, and I don't know if I would have been able to not have committed a quote-unquote crime if I was there at the Capitol. Max. There's so I, many damn crimes. And, and frankly, I mean, you talk about, I was thinking, I was talking to Erica, you know, about this the other day. And I said, well, Max said that he wouldn't, you know, that he wouldn't flatten their tires. And she goes, Max got two little kids. <laughs> and I went, he can still flatten those tires. She goes, Max isn't you, Joe. There's not a lot of people that are you. Right. And Max is going to look after his family first. And I'm like, but you, you have to get to the place where you create an example for your community. It has to happen. It used to be that we stood up for our community. <clears throat> and so, you know, it's, it's interesting that people around me have the same perspective that, you know, you, can, you can't give up more than someone's willing to give up for you. And I, I, I think about that and I go, yes, I can. Because everyone has a different path, and someone has to someone has to get in the gap and 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 operate with with 
absolute sacrificial interest. And so I guess that's yeah. that's me. But I, I got a I got a, a thing I want to show you that should just show you how evil the left is. When I say that the evil are everything they say they're fighting against, when they are the when they are the pedophiles, the rapists, the closet racists, when they are the disgusting part about our society, when they lie all the time, when they when they can't tell the truth, and I'm and I'm putting emphasis on this. When they are the trash that, pr- frankly, we should drag behind our car until body parts fall off. Mr. Producer, put up that post. This is John Griffin. This did not age well. In April 19th in 2010, he put this up on Twitter. Now, if you don't know who he is, he's the CNN pedophile that raped a nine-year-old girl that knew what he was doing and flew Allegedly. a mother and their... Okay, he did. Okay. All right. Allegedly. I'll say allegedly. Just did the math. We have, count them, four stories about people abusing kids today. Three up now. If we're society's mirror, you people suck. This is a guy. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't even, I don't even know how to, how to say it. This is a guy that raped a nine-year-old girl. And <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't reconcile it with reality because now good has become bad and bad has become good. And I've looked at some of the evidence that they have on this guy that they're talking about having, like a mother taking video of the videos. I, I can't, first of all, the mother should be, taken out back too. the mother should be facing life in prison too and in my in my opinion but that right there is the radical left you just saw the radical left personified into a guy named john griffin who raped children that's sex trafficking they say doesn't exist by the way yeah well we are a little bit over anything left you want to add before we wrap up today That's all I got. I'm going to go get some sleep. All right. Well, that's it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, subscribe to the audio edition. All those links are in the description, especially Apple Podcasts, and leave us a five-star review if you can to help us climb up in the rankings. I'm going to mention this more now. Joe is on Telegram. I'm on Telegram, too. Make sure you find us so you can get our thoughts when we're not on the air. So go ahead and search for Joe and myself. We're both on Telegram. Joe has a little bit more followers than I do, but... Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it'll, it'll, we go live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. We, I, I've been kicking a lot of bots off, so I'm actually going down a little bit. Um, we go live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, so tune in for that. And if you need a little reminder, you can text the word FREEDOM to 89517. You'll get added to our text alert system. you get a notification telling you what we're talking about and how, when, and where you can watch. That's going to be it for this episode. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Olton. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country isn't over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.